Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Growth Reframed. We're so happy you're here. Last week, we started on this topic of toxic beliefs, and we got through five of them. And Lord willing, we will get through five more today. And so if you haven't listened to last week's, go back and listen. I think it'll be really helpful for you. I know it poked me many times, and hopefully we'll just be able to get into some more today and give you some some positive things to kind of think about moving forward in this week. Well, I don't know about you, but... Have you ever had that experience where you're like online and you're looking at something and you think, I would really, really love to do that. And then you stop yourself because you're like, oh, wait, I'd be like the seven millionth person to do that. So I can't do it. No, never. (laughs) Yeah, me either. I was just just making that up. (laughs) But seriously, I think that that is a very real thing that happens for us. So I want to start today with the toxic belief that there are already other people doing it and that means that I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is me about 110% of the time because I'm like, well, there's already people doing this in the podcast space. There's already people doing it in the personal growth space. There's already people doing this in a business sense. Like I have this business idea, but there's already people doing it. Um, there's already a lot of noise out there. There's already this, there's already that. Yes, that's true. I mean, the rea- the reality is a lot of the things you do aren't going to be original Like nothing you're going to come up with is going to be the first thing that anyone came up with. It's not nothing, but you know what I mean? Like it's going to be hard to come up with something completely original to you, original idea, whatever it is. But I can tell you this, there's only one you, there's only one personality like you. There's only one voice like you. There's only one person who thinks like you because you're you. So That other person might be out there doing it, but someone might not identify with that person because they're not speaking to the other person's heart. They might not identify with that person, but they'd identify with you. There's, there's a million different ways to think about, like there's people thinking about things a certain way, but they might not be thinking about it exactly how you're thinking about and having the ideas that you're thinking about. So it could stop you and prevent you from doing anything, but it, but I would argue that you literally would then do nothing in your life at all, ever. Because every single person has already done all of those things. It doesn't stop us as people. Like I think about a lot of times like with with a, if someone watches a good show or they go to a good restaurant, they try to like sell you on it. They're like, this is great. You have to try this. You have to watch this show. It's amazing. Whatever it is that like they're not the first person to ever think that show was good. They're not the first person to watch that show. So why do they feel like that's okay to go share? But if it's like going to pursue a business because someone else is doing it, they can't do it. Like why, what makes it, that way and what doesn't it's just weird to me because and I say that while I've also fallen into those things of saying well there's other podcasters there's other people there's other things there's other businesses doing the things we do so we can't do it but I even challenge that even with our kids we I don't like hearing the word can't like you can't do it because why because someone else might have thought about it so that other person doing it 
prevents you internally and the calling on your heart from wanting to do it because they're happen to be doing it. No, like if you feel like it's something that you want to do and something that you want to pursue, it shouldn't really matter if anyone else is standing in the way or anyone else just happens to be doing the similar thing to your, you're doing because you're not going to do it the exact same way and say the exact same things. So like you do have your own unique perspective to bring to it. And that's something you have to remember and speak to when this toxic belief comes up because it will. Speaking of trying new things, there's another really toxic belief. And I think we're all super guilty of this one too. It's saying that you don't have the connections and letting that prevent you from trying the new thing. And I feel like that comes up so often because whether you're trying to start a business, whether you're trying to become a better parent, like you could apply it anywhere. No matter what you're doing, you're like, I don't have the person that I need to help me get to this next place. And that's just simply not true because you one could find somebody and two, even if you couldn't become that person, like the connection doesn't mean anything. Do you know how many people have found a connection that they didn't have so that they could pursue the next thing? Do you know how many friendships and relationships and business partners and anything have been created because that didn't exist for them? And so they had to create that relationship, create that partnership. It happens all the time. Like just because you don't currently have the connection does not mean it's impossible for you to make the connection. And that's where we fall short. We're always thinking like, I don't currently have it. And therefore it doesn't exist for me when all you have to do is actually go make it. And it doesn't mean it's not challenging. It's super hard in a lot of cases, but it's not impossible. And that's where we get hung up. Yeah. It's interesting because I find myself falling into that bucket when I look at other people when I'm comparing and I know we shouldn't compare, but when I do, Mm -hmm. let's be real, we all do it. I look at other people and I'm like, well, yeah, they can do that because they have the time, they have the connections, they have the money, they have the people, they've been doing it for this number of times. And so I think like when I look at other people, I'm like, well, they have, I I fall into this because I'm like, well, they have the connections. And then I think about a a few things when you were talking there. I think about when we first started this podcast, when we first started, we were like, well, we just have to get the biggest guests we can get. If we get these people on and we have those connections, then we'll get our listenership up and we'll do this and we'll do that. And we went out and we got some pretty amazing people, but it didn't necessarily make our listenership go up a ton, maybe for one episode. And in a lot of cases, not at all. It stayed pretty consistent or some of our episodes as individuals or together were actually ranked higher than the big guests that we've had the chance to have. So I think a lot of times we sit there and wait and say, well, we can't do it because we don't have the connections. And and if only we did, then we'd be able to pursue it. The other piece of that, though, is we have had the chance to have some really amazing people on our podcast. We have had the chance to have a lot of really amazing conversations with people that I never even dreamed of or imagined when we first started this. When I came to you in your office door and said, I want to do this thing, I never thought we'd have the chance to talk to a lot of the people we've had a chance to talk to. And the only reason, the only reason we had the chance to talk to those people is because we tried to make the connection, is because I reached out and asked if they would do it. A lot of times people ask us, especially other creatives, say, how did you get those people on there? And how did you do that? And how did you get the chance to talk to that person? Or how do you have that relationship with that person, even a digital relationship? Because I asked them if they would do it. I mean, I was brave enough to ask. 
and I tried to make the connection. But see, you can say you don't have the connections, but how are you being proactive and trying to make that connection happen? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I most admire about you is that you took that belief and you just flat out demolished it. Like you have not had that belief in so long, but you started out with it. Mm -hmm. You just don't care anymore. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a great way. You just don't care about not having the connection. You're going to, you're going to go out and make it. I mean, you've done it. You've done it so many ways. You've done it as for podcast guests, but you've also done it to like get one of our favorite singers to come perform at my sister's wedding in our backyard. (laughs) Like you just ask And because you're asking, because you're forging those connections, because you're making those relationships, things happen for you because you asked. Literally, that's period, end of story. And you do it over and over. You do it in business. You do it on this podcast. You do it in personal things. Like I admire that you are just not afraid of that because so many people are. And you just are like, I don't care. I'm going to try to make this connection because I want this thing to happen for me. Yeah, because I believe that it can be pushed forward. And the more that I pursue it and the more it happens, the more I do it, the more I'm like, okay, what's the worst they're going to say? I say this to you all the time. I say this to people we work with all the time. I say this to our kids all the time. Mm -hmm. What's the worst they're going to say? No. Who cares? Okay, then move on. Yeah, I said it to our son this morning, actually, because he was like, well, grandma's not going to play a game with me. And I said, (laughs) well, right, but you don't even know because you're not even asking. He's like, well, she's just going to say no. And I said, well, you don't know that. I mean, she might say no, but what if she said yes? Mm. And it was just like, I mean, whether you're five or 45 or 95, it doesn't matter as the point here, like connect, ask. Well, and the thing too, I want to say here is we've gotten a ton of no's too. Like I have gone out and asked because I don't want people to get under the delusion that they're going to go ask and every single person is going to say yes. No, you have to ask hundreds of people and you'll get a few yeses and you'll get plenty of kind no's, but they're, they're still a no. Mm -hmm. So that is one part. You get a lot of no's. Also, I would challenge you that what connection are you trying to make? Because if you're anything like me, you're not trying to make the connection with, you know, someone similar to you in a space. You're trying to make the connection with the biggest influencer on the internet. Or you're trying to make the connection with the president of this company or that company or whatever. You can lower your sights too. You can start somewhere. You can make connections with other people. We have plenty of other friends that are podcasters that do similar things to us. We're about to head to a conference that people are going to be doing a lot of similar things to us. You can make those connections anyway. And it just matters. It's really what you're pursuing. So I don't know who that is you need to connect with. I think a lot of us sit there without friends or anyone because we think we can't make a connection. And it was so much easier when we were younger. I've said that. And it's really hard now. Okay. So because it's hard and challenging, then you don't pursue it, even though it's a want in your life. No, you just got to go out there and pursue it. And yeah, some people might not want to do it and some relationships might not go the way you hoped, but some will be nurtured into something that will build a deeper connection and thing and opportunities that you might not have ever dreamed of. But if you're just sitting there waiting for someone to connect or saying this toxic belief that you don't have the connections, again, you're going to be stuck right where you are. I'm so thankful you you touched on the friendship thing because that's such a great point too. Like even if you have no, no desire for entrepreneurship or podcasting or anything like that, you still have a desire for connection in some level. And so to take that to the friendship level, I think is perfect because you do have to try. Quite frankly, when you're mid thirties or a little bit younger, a little bit older, friendships don't happen the way they did in college and in high school and in elementary school. You don't just accidentally fall into friendships at this point. At least we haven't. 
We've had to be super intentional about our connections. I've had to text a group of moms and be like, hey, do you guys want to do lunch on March 3rd? Like, like with dates and times and specific examples, because it just can't happen naturally or accidentally at this time. Like people are too busy and we just don't have the same stage of life that we once had access to when we were younger and it just kind of fell into place. So being super intentional about connections, whether that is to meet a goal or to just have a friend, like doesn't matter. It's still the same exact thing. Like you have to put yourself out there. You have to be a little uncomfortable. You have to expect some no's, but then understand that when you're getting some no's, eventually you'll get some yeses too. And those could really bloom into something beautiful for you. Mm-hmm. Another one that I think comes up for a lot of people, and it kind of goes with what I was saying about trying to get the biggest person in the industry of whatever it is you're looking into to be that person for you. You look at those people and you say, that person is an expert. I am not. So I don't have the right to speak about this topic because I don't know every single thing there is to know. And I'm not looked at with under that lens that I'm the expert here. So I really shouldn't be speaking to this or that or even pursuing this or that because I don't know everything there is to know about it right now. Oh, gosh, this applies everywhere for me. I feel like I am constantly battling that I'm not an expert. And maybe that's just some perfectionism in me coming out. I'm not sure. But I'm not an expert at motherhood, so I can't have advice for other moms. I'm not an expert at being a business person, so I I don't have anything valuable to add there. I'm not an expert at podcasting because I don't reach millions of listeners a week. I'm not like whatever I'm talking about. There's a million reasons like I can immediately think of why I'm not qualified and we have to try to like tone that back a little bit like temper that in a little because it's just so so disastrous to our self-esteem and to what we're able to do because yeah you might not be an expert but you still have something valuable to add you still have something to offer Mm. there's is it a book the 10 percentage is that a book yeah okay so basically the idea in there is that If you have a 10% edge on somebody, then you can teach them. Like all you have to do is know 10% more. All you have to understand is 10% more than the next person to be able to teach them something of value, something of value. And that's true no matter where you're looking at. I mean, it doesn't matter that you're not like the motherhood expert and people don't come to you for everything all related to motherhood. Maybe your sister's having a hard time raising her three-year-old and your kid is seven. And so you can understand what the hardships of the three-year-old would be. Great. That's a great place to start. Maybe you're a father and you own a business and you have another dad friend that started a business, you know, three years before, and he can provide some valuable insight about how to be raising kids as a entrepreneur and as a father and all these things. And so you don't have to be like the best of the best of the best to offer something to somebody else to help them to make a difference in their lives. Yeah. And what's happening there, by the way, is you're just discounting yourself at every turn. Mm -hmm. You sit there and say, well, I can't really provide feedback there because I, you know, I don't know everything there is to know. And so you're really discounting what you do know. I know for us, like I've, I've talked before about when I get into creative spaces, I really am that, that forced perfectionist. Like I try to be perfection then. And I say, well, I don't really know, but then when you think about things you haven't tried new, things you've done for a long time that you frankly discount you're doing because you're looking ahead at other things, which isn't bad. But like when you focus on the things ahead, then you forget about all the things you already know. 
and you really discount where you're at and how far you've come and what value you can give to people because each person out there that's listening to this can provide value to another person. It's just a matter of what stage you're at in your life or what experiences you've had that they haven't had. Like you said, Meg, I'm glad you brought it up because it is the book, The 10% Edge. We also were in a training and they talked about this because all you really need to know is that little bit more. If you know a little bit more, then you can add value to people, but you have to consider that 10% is not that much. So you don't need that much to be able to add value. And if someone's asking you for advice, how many of them, like if a close friend is asking you for advice, how many of them are you like, well, like, well I'd love to offer you some marital advice, but you know, I'm not an expert, so I, I, I can't do that. They would look at you like you're an insane person. Right. So why are you pursuing things in your life? Like, hey, Meg, do you know a good Chinese place? Well, I'm not really an expert on Chinese food, so I can't <laughs> give you that. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. If you break it down smaller, it's ridiculous. But then why, when it comes to big things, are we living that way? Are we focusing on that so much? Yeah, and we're letting it stop us from trying, which is just such a shame because clearly you're not going to be an expert when you first start something. So stop pretending that you have to be in order to start and instead start so that one day maybe you can be an expert. Yeah, the funniest part about that topic of the what we just touched on connections and being an expert, the funniest part about all of that is in all of that, we know we need the connections and we can say like on one side of the coin, you can say, well, I need the connections and I need to be able to have that to get to where I want to go. And on the other side of that, you're like, I, can, I should be able to and can do it all with no help. Like I don't need any help at all. I am, it's possible for me to do it. I can do it with absolutely zero help, zero assistance, zero knowledge, zero education. Like I can do it for me alone. I take, I take some issue with that. And I know that's exactly the point of this episode, but I really do because there's this thing that we do in society where we're like, ah, oh, yes, they're a self-made whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And, the overnight success that took 15 years. Right. Or they did it all by themselves. And they, you know, like people will say that, like, yes, I did it all myself. And maybe like you did the thing, the exact thing without the help, but you still had supporting partners in your life. Like maybe if you built a business by yourself, like maybe you didn't have a support staff, but you still had somebody in your life helping you with the other things like that. That's just how life works. Unless you live on a desert island. And still, and still did it without ever talking to anybody else on a phone call or Zoom, and you have nobody in your whole life at all that you've ever talked to, period, end of story, then I don't believe that you did it without help because that's just not how life works. If you went up today, Brand, and made like a new company and I had nothing to do with it and you had no staff and it was just you, you would still be relying on me for the stuff at our house, for the stuff with our kids. Like there would be some sort of help that you needed in other areas to make it possible for you to build that business, even if you were by yourself. So like the idea of like self-made anything, I just have a really hard time with because you should be able to ask for help. You should be able to have a person that you can rely on. And if you don't, then I would encourage you to do so so that we can knock this toxic belief right out of there because nobody is truly self-made. Yeah. And it's funny because my inner voice is like, well, yeah, but you, you know, then you're just saying, well, you can't, you know, you need, like, you can't do it because again, then you're going back to the connection thing. Well, then you can't do it. No, you, you're capable. You can do amazing things. Yeah, you are. You're capable and you can do amazing things. But like you said, Meg, even if you don't have a person to support you, maybe you're taking an online course 
Maybe you're using the internet to learn and educate yourself. Maybe you're going to the local library and reading some books. Regardless, that's not you doing it by yourself. Yes, it's you deciding to take that step and take in that knowledge, but who's providing that knowledge? Someone else. The point is you don't need to, again, going back to like white knuckling it and making it happen and only you can do it because you end up exhausted and tired because you're like, well, I am the only one who can do this. Well, no, that's not true. Like you can go out and pursue things. Sure. You are capable of amazing things. Yes. But to do it all on your own, like nothing happens in life all on your own. A lot of times you need the support of other people. And if you sit there and think that you can do every single thing on your own, then you're going to end up pretty exhausted and tired if you think you and you're carrying that load of weight. I guess it's not even a matter of like, can I? It's like, should I? Yeah. Like, even if it is possible, is that the best thing for me? Right. And the answer is clearly no. Right. No one should be in complete isolation trying to do something by themselves with no support anywhere. Right. Yeah. And the last one is, uh, man, this is hard, this is hard because uh, it just goes against everything that I feel like is ingrained in us in society and, and everywhere is you can't quit. You cannot quit something even if it's not working. And it's so challenging because you want to push through. You want to persevere. You want to pursue. A lot of times I hear the 10,000 hours thing. Like, well, you need to put in 10,000 hours to be able to become an expert at something. That's the rule of thumb that someone somewhere set, okay? But what if you're doing 10,000 hours on the wrong thing? What if you're sitting there doing something the wrong way and it's not working and you're forcing the cards and you're forcing your hand. It's like a balance between should I continue to do it anyway and persevere or should I be looking at the signs and realizing this particular thing is not a fit for me? Because I think a lot of times we force our hands and we say, well, we've already put in this much time. I often give the example of a bad gambler. Like, oh, well, we've pushed in this many chips already and we've lost this much money. So we have to continue to pursue this so we can hit the jackpot, right? But in some cases, you just need to say, this is a bad day. I have a crap hand and move on. And you're allowed to quit. But see, as a society, as people, even when I say it, I just don't like the word because I'm like, well, <laughs> well, yeah, well, if you quit, then, you know, you're just, then you're just giving up and you shouldn't just give up. My argument is maybe sometimes you should because not every single thing that you try should be pursued to the end, especially if if a lot of times I feel like intuition and things inside are telling you this isn't a fit, but because you've already committed the time, hours, money, whatever it is behind it, you're like that bad gambler. You're just like, well, I just got to keep pushing in these chips so I can get to the other side and I can, I can see this through all the way and whether it's working or not and whether I'm miserable or not, I just have to continue to push into this. And we've had situations in our lives where we were like, we're just not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. We're not because it's not serving us because we don't want to. And even I think what happens is at some point it did serve you at some point you were excited about it. At some point it was helpful. At some point it sounded great. And it was all flowing, but we change as people, life changes, situations change. Sometimes what worked back then doesn't still work now. 
But if you're blind to that, if you're just saying, well, I got to pursue this no matter what, then how many things you have to ask yourself, how many things are you holding on to right now that you should have quit a long time ago? But you're just so stuck in, well, if I quit, I fail type mentality that you're still forcing yourself through it and drudging through it and going through it without a joyful heart at all just because you feel like, well, I can't, I, you know, but yeah, but I, I you know, I, I said I was going to do this, so I can't quit. The problem there is then you're also closing some doors on some opportunities that you would have if you freed up that time and space. So, for instance, many years ago, I don't even know how many, a few, it's been a few years, I had to, I didn't have to, I chose to give up my blog. I had a, I had a mom blog and I loved writing the mom blog because I loved to write. But at some point I came to the, came to the realization that I didn't love it in the same way that I had previously loved it. And it was taking up so much of not only my time and energy and creative juices, but also Brandon's because he was putting together graphics for me. He was getting all the back end stuff of the website done. And I thought, man, if we're ever going to get growth reframed off the ground, if we're ever going to be more than just a podcast, if we're ever going to do anything more with that, which is really what we wanted, then I'm going to have to find the time to do that. And the best way that I know how to find the time is to give up this other thing that I don't think is serving me as well as it used to. And so that was a hard decision and it took me a while to do it. First, I kind of cut back and I was like, well, instead of three blog posts a week, I'll do two or whatever. maybe it was two and then one, I don't know. And then maybe I'll just do it once a month and then once every other month. And then finally I was like, okay, I got to give up this, this ridiculousness because it's just, it's just not working and that's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm a quitter, even though I did quit doing it. It means that I realized that my time and energy needed to be spent somewhere else because it was more meaningful to me to move on to a different area and focus more on something else. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you touched on that too, because it doesn't have to be a snap decision. Yeah, you are allowed to quit things, but I'm not saying just like make a rash decision today and quit if you haven't thought it through. Like I'm not saying go like, well, I'm miserable at my job and I've been wanting to do something for a long time, so I'm going to go quit it. I'm not saying that. Maybe you would, but I'm not, I'm not suggesting that to you. Maybe that is your path, but it doesn't have to be a rash decision. It can be something you sit with. It can be something that you're like, you know what? This hasn't been working for me. This hasn't been serving me anymore. And so what is the next thing? I don't really know yet, but I'm going to take the next six months to figure out what that is. I'm going to take the next three months to figure out what that is. I'm going to set a timeline on this and I'm going to say, you know, maybe I'm going to make some tweaks. Maybe I'm going to make some changes. You don't have to just outright snap your fingers and quit. And I think the more you do that, the more you realize, no, you were intentional about it. You made some decisions. You're trying some things. You're putting some more swords in the fire throughout that time and those that stretch of time, and you're figuring out what is the next step if you're not doing that. Or maybe there is no next step. Maybe you just don't want to do that. Maybe you just want to rest at this time. I don't know what it is, but I think a lot of times we think, well, the impact of stopping, because that's the thing, the impact on me and other people and what they'll think or do if I stop doing this that prevents us from making the decision to change. My point is whether you change it today or you decide you want to change it in three months, six months, you want to give yourself a little bit of a runway to figure out what you want to do. I think we need to get rid of the belief that you always have to do it 
because you committed to it at one point in the past, you know, a million years ago. So therefore, even though you don't feel that in your heart anymore, you got to continue to push through. And I'm glad you gave that that part of your blog because that's something you sat with for quite a long time, like mm-hmm. months of time to decide that you wanted to do that. The fact is, though, you had to go internally and listen to your own heart on what you wanted to commit your time to and what you wanted to move forward with. And then you made that decision. It doesn't mean that it was easy. No. But you made the decision that was best for you at the time and realized that, one, you you didn't want to do it anymore. But two, like, it's it's not even really quitting. I mean, you gave it an effort. So, like, is it really quitting? I mean, I it's just such like a I, – I just like a struggle. <laughs> I struggle with the word. I like struggle with the word. You know what I mean? Because it just – it's ingrained in me that you shouldn't quit. But I think a lot of us are stuck in bad situations or things because we don't want to say we quit. We don't want to be perceived that we quit. Maybe we need to think of it as a shift in priorities. I do. I like that word shift better than quit. Like we need to shift what we're doing. But the fact is you have to be comfortable with moving on. And one of the things that I didn't want anyone to miss, I want to repeat that you said, which was perfect is what are you holding yourself back from by continuing to carry this bag full of luggage that you don't even want anymore because you don't want to quit what are you not doing because you are holding that and time and space for that that's huge and I don't want people to miss that because that to me is probably the most motivating thing in my own life to think about and what's made me make the decision to think about this differently because I want to move on from it. So what do I have to prioritize and get rid of to shift to those things? I like the word shift. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all we've gone through a ton of toxic beliefs in the last two weeks. I hope some of these have touched your heart. If, if these things have impacted you, if, if there's certain toxic beliefs you're going to challenge, we just offer offer that you reach out to us on Instagram at growth reframed. Please share this with someone who you think would, it would touch their heart and we love y'all. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to growth reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you. So shoot us a DM on Instagram at growth reframed. We love y'all.